0: Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today, we are talking about...
1: Q&A with Dale.
0: Q&A a with Dale. That's and right. And the only reason it's not Q&A with Dale and Veronica is because next week is going to be Q&A with Veronica. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're going to do some questions with me today, and then um, you guys get to stay tuned for questions with Veronica. Um Welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, we do this as a video on YouTube and also uh, obviously on audio, pretty much wherever podcasts can be listened to, uh, including Spotify. A lot of people don't know that, Um, but welcome. If you haven't left a review and you're a regular listener, love to ask you to do that. Just go to iTunes, just go to the podcast app. You just tap the stars. You don't even need to write anything, but you can. And if you do write something, I will read it. Uh, I really appreciated all the reviews so far. Um, so thank you so much for that. A couple things before we um, start the show is two things. Ultimate marriage. We talk about it just about every episode. Uh, the reason is because it's one of the main uh, products that we offer as a ministry. And the the revenue from those products supports our ministry. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool way for you to get something in return um, say if you are thinking about making a donation to our ministry, you can just buy this product that helps your marriage and it goes to the same spot. It really does help our ministry. And so it's a six week marriage mentor program. You can go at ultimate Check it out. We do six awesome videos on how to build a biblical marriage. Uh, we do uh, Q and a stuff with Veronica and I, we do, um,
1: marriage challenge checklists. You can do um, them with just you and your spouse. You could also do them in a small group type setting. Um,
0: Yeah. The program set up, we actually have several people doing the small group. So they have one leader and then there's like three or four couples doing it together and they meet for six weeks. And so that's a thing too. Um, Just want to let you guys know that that exists at ultimate com.
1: Yeah. And also Valentine's day is coming up. So it would make a great Valentine's day gift.
0: It would. Husbands. That'd be a great, I, I, I just don't see a wife going, are you serious, honey? You got me a biblical marriage training program. No, they would love that. They would love that. They, a, a husband that wants to invest into their marriage. Um, yeah, we'll just move on from there. I was going to say something else, but we're not going to. Um,
1: so jumping right in.
0: Yeah, I, I think the purpose of this, guys, is that I think people need to realize that we're just regular people
1: yeah this q and a isn't like a some of the q and a's that we've done in the past where it's on theology or certain circumstantial type situations um and how the bible applies to so it this is a q and A, basically just learning to get to know dale a little bit better in his yeah. history and um how he has become the person he is today and then next week will be basically the same thing um getting to know me a little bit better
0: yeah and we just want people to understand that yeah we're just just like you and anybody else um We just happen to be in a different spot on a different part of the journey that the Lord has for us. And so hopefully these help you guys feel closer to us and not just knowing us as, you know, Pastor Dale or theological guy Dale, but also uh, Dale, just the Christian man. So go for it.
1: Okay, let's start off with how old you are and where did you grow up?
0: I'm 53. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm 34. I was uh, born April 10th, uh, 1985. So I'm an 80s baby. And uh, I actually remember writing down 1989 on some things. in I think it was kindergarten, I guess, or preschool. But I just remember writing the year 89 down.
1: I don't remember writing the year 89 down. (laughs) Well,
0: because you were just a baby baby. I was born
1: in 89.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was raised in Southern California. So I haven't lived my whole life here in Oregon in the woods. People sometimes think, oh, Dale, you're weird theology. uh, You don't know the real world because you live in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the woods on a farm in oregon um yeah i i do live in the middle of a farmland in oregon and in the middle of the state now um which actually is a kind of a big town there's about 80 to a hundred thousand people to live here so it's not that small but we spent 29 years 28 29 years in southern california about 45 minutes outside of L.A., maybe an hour outside of L.A. Yeah, we are
1: both born and raised there.
0: Yeah, and so um, that's my life there. I played baseball as a kid. I did Boy Scouts as a kid before Boy Scouts compromised on their values. Um, uh, but I did that, you know, all the way up from, like, Tiger Cubs to Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. And I, that was uh, a really big part of, I think, developing who I am, uh, a love for the outdoors. That's probably why I enjoy being in Oregon. So much camping as a kid. Uh, So much outdoor uh, lifestyle as a kid. Um, I was a river rat. And if you're from Southern California, you know that there's what everybody in Southern California calls the river. It's actually the Colorado River that runs through Arizona and Nevada. Um, And so I would go there boating, like wakeboarding, boating, all from when I was like a little child, like four years old until I was probably in my 20s. Um, Every summer, it's like 120 degrees there. It is. It's like legitimately that hot. And I just lived there all summer. It was a really great experience as a kid and skateboarding. So I was another just total Southern California skateboard kid, um, listened to punk rock music. And that was, you know, like as, as deep as you can get into skateboarding. I was, I was, um, sponsored by a few different companies. I was competing in skateboarding. I still love skateboarding. Um, if I could get over to a skate park, I have a skateboard recently, like within the last year, I've done a 360 flip. Just letting you guys know, for those that know. At 34. At 34 Almost years 35. old. Almost 35. Yeah. And a, and a crooked grind down a rail. So just letting you know, that's and that's still possible.
1: Dale, side note, well, not side note, but how do the uh, Central Oregon skate parks compare to the Southern California skate parks? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. that's a very big reason why you don't skate as much. Yeah.
0: Who designs these skate parks here? I don't know. Um but Southern California, I mean, it's it's where like the birth of skateboarding happened. So there is just incredible skate parks in Southern California. But Oregon, it's just yeah, it, they're like designed for the razor scooters or something <laughs> like that. That's what's happened is that the skate parks are really razor scooter parks or for like rollerbladers. And it's
1: true. I see a lot of homeschool moms are with their kids on scooters.
0: Gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, an issue of contention.
1: Um, okay, moving on. Uh, were you raised in a Christian home and how did you learn so much about the Bible?
0: Um, yeah, so no, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, if there was a God, uh, it was Jesus. And so, you know, did we believe in Jesus? Yeah. Like there was some praying that happened, you know. Occasionally. Occasionally. Um, like I remember my mom having like a John 316, like, uh, what are they called? Like the, when you like... Um, weave in a like a picture onto a little...
1: Like a little tapestry? There you go.
0: Like a little tapestry. But it has like the circle. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Like embroidered?
0: Yeah, like that you like... I what uh, the they're
1: called. The needle you know point kind of thing? I don't know. Anyways,
0: like so like a tapestry with like John 316 on it in the bathroom. I remember those kind of things. Um, You know, we went to church maybe once or twice a year. Holidays. Holiday. yeah. And so I, I wouldn't say that I was raised in a Christian home. Um, we were raised in a like an American home um, that believed in Jesus, and I think most people believed in Jesus at least, especially when I was a kid. Um, I I kind of ran with a hard crowd, um, even as early as junior high and high school, um, and was kind of into the the wrong things, and you know, that in my in my younger years, and I actually had several friends die. By the time I was twenty years old, 21 years old, uh, you know, that, that I think took the lifestyle that we were living as teenagers, more extreme overdosing in drugs, uh, d- drunk driving, suicide, car accidents, just, um, it was a really crazy, you know, period of my life and, and something that was, the Lord has definitely you know, protected me and, 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 rescued me from. And so my parents divorced when I was 17. Um, so I don't come from a real put-together situation. I have a brother who's um, who's seven years younger than me. And so that was a big deal for him. Um, it was a big deal for me too, but it was, it was a much bigger deal for him. I became a Christian out of a night of sleeplessness at age of 20. And um, that was in 2005 that I became a Christian. And um, I, I'm not going to necessarily share the whole details of my testimony, but basically I couldn't sleep and I was away on a trip and I couldn't get to bed. I, I just could So I wake, I, I waited the entire next day. I went to this conference that I was at out of town. And, um, and then I, I uh, later that evening tried to go back to bed again and it was going on, you know, I don't know, 40 some 50 hours or something like that. No sleep. And I still couldn't sleep. I started to get a little bit scared and it, it led me to kind of a terror and putting me on my knees, begging God to let me sleep. And if he'd let me sleep, that I would follow him. I literally made this bargain with God. And um, I uh, ended up having someone drive me home that evening. It was about a two-hour drive home. And I fell asleep for 12 or something hours. I woke up, and I've been a Christian ever since. And so I I didn't have the classic gospel preached to me in certain you know, uh you know, certain circumstances. I I basically said this prayer, the Lord kind of revealed himself to me. And I really do remember a renewal, like a regeneration the next day. It was a very
1: And that's when you first started going to church.
0: Yeah, first started going to church. And and that was a, a big part of of uh of that that journey. And so um I built my foundation of my faith through through Sunday sermons. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I really heard the gospel originally, kind of had a better grasp on what was going on. At 29, uh, I started reading the Bible more intentionally.
1: And we had li- we had lived in, er- we moved to Oregon that year? Or was it? Yeah, that year. Okay, Earlier that year,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I I, I started reading the Bible more intentionally when we got here. Um, maybe it was even 28. Anyways, by age 30, I was reading theology, and I was being discipled, intentionally discipled by Um, a gentleman who was much older than me and much more mature than me. That was a game changer for both Veronica and I. At 32, I was preaching regularly and uh, I was bringing sermons and preparing sermons. And I enrolled at the end of that year in seminary. Um, And then at 33, we planted a church and I started pastoring. So I've been pastoring now for almost two years. Uh, And then uh, now today I'm still in that seminary graduate studies program and I'm I have this semester and one more semester, and then I will finish the graduate studies program for Western Theological Seminary. And so that'll be a big deal. So that's kind of my background of how I know the Bible. It's, you know, I wasn't raised in a Christian home and raised by a pastor and knew all the stuff as a child. It's very fresh to me, actually. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six week online marriage mentor program at our companion ministry, ultimatemarriage.com.
1: Yeah, Dale and I designed a powerful biblical curriculum with six themes, one for each week. Here's how it works. Every seven days, Dale and I release a 45 minute video lesson on that week's theme, plus a weekly marriage challenge PDF for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your marriage.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible program where we cover everything from sex and money to children and biblical roles. But more than that, it's also an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group and the Ultimate Marriage text message line where Veronica and I can send our regular encouragements and wisdom straight to your phone. The catch is this we try to limit the number of couples in the program at one time to assure a quality and intimate experience. So, if you're interested in joining the program, enroll now at ultimatemarriage.com. Again, that's ultimatemarriage.com.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Okay, so a lot of people know um, about the several books that you have written in the past, um, but can you tell us about the books? Uh, that you want to write in the future?
0: Yeah, so there's, you know, I've I've written, my first book was when I was in the business world because, again, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, for the last, up until, what, three years ago or two and a half years ago, um, we were in the business world. And so I was an entrepreneur, well-known in the entrepreneurial space. That's actually where most of our following came. And I wrote a book called People Over Profit um, that became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And was a uh, still a, a very successful book on my philosophy on business. It's definitely Christian, f- founded on Christian core values for sure. And then um, launch your dream, and then save from success, which is my first. I would say Christian book. Save from success was, and then my most recent book, which is real Christianity.
1: It's like gone from business, business, half business, half Christianity, to full Christianity.
0: Yeah, exactly. Ma- making that transition was. Was a part of that. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to write a bunch of books. I think I'm going to probably be the guy that maybe writes, you know, Lord willing, 50, 60 books. Um, I, I need to write. It's a part of what I do. And um, I read so much that I need to write because it's kind of this. It's how you process. It is how I process. And you think about it is that writing is a form of giving. And so you need to, when you fill yourself up with reading, you you basically give it out through writing, and so you start you know forming your who you are, what you say. You start regurgitating basically these ideas in your words, and, and and so that's a big part of who I am. If you don't read, you you actually run out of material to write on, and because it's like giving and giving and giving without having anything to give. Um, and a lot of people I know only write one or two books because they just blow all of their knowledge and wisdom. On these two books, because that's all they have. Uh, if they're not continuing to learn and to read, you'll run out of material. So, I read a lot, and I really enjoy um, writing. So, uh, I want to write a book on manhood, really bad, and uh, kind of some, something about the, the the seven crowns of a man or the five crowns of a man. There's some, an idea in Proverbs. Uh, about, you know, the, the different crowns of, of, of a wise man. You know, wisdom is one of them. A gray hair is one of them. Um, children is another one of them. Um, I want to write one on marriage. That's coming at some point. You know, we've been married for 10 years, uh, coming up here in like less than a month or about a month. Um, and so marriage, that would be something that we, maybe we tackle like after we've been married for another 10 years, who knows? But <laughs> eventually, but eventually. We'll um, the Church, I, I I do have a book that's coming out here real soon uh, that's more like a doctrinal statement, but it's also kind of a book. It's called Biblical Church, uh, Understanding the Doctrines, Convictions, and Liturgy of a Biblical House Church. And so that's coming out this year. And I do want to write a book, a bigger book, around the topic of the church and what does biblical church look like. Uh, Lord willing, I'll write a 365-day devotional I do these like short snippets of writing um, on Instagram and I have so many of them. I have like six or 700 of them and they're, I I need to collect them, edit them and put them into something at some point. But I, I love devotionals. Um, I read one, which we'll talk about later here in a second. So I just would love to do that. And I already have names for some of these books too, but I'm not going to share them. Um, Suffering and trials. um, Us going through, which we'll hear about next week. Veronica and I's suffering through Lyme disease and its co-infections, which are in many cases worse than the Lyme disease. Um, we had a really heavy season of trials, and uh, that taught us a lot about the Lord. And so I feel like I'd love to, to, to take a stab at—I um, spent a lot of time reading about theology. Remember that? During that season mm-hmm. about suffering— and I, I just learned a lot. I went to places that you don't go until you're hurting. And so it was really helpful for me, those resources that existed when I was suffering. And so I'd love to have something there. And then another book that I'm working on right now is called, uh, well, we don't know if we'll call it, but it's, the idea is simplifying some sort of, it's a theological book, but simplifying it. I found that so many people in the church, they've been Christians for 10, 15 years, and they don't know like a lick of theology. They know like some of the basics. They can put some of the things together. They probably never read the entire Bible. They don't know that there's 66 books in the Bible. If I ask them the question, "Why does Jesus have to be fully man and fully God?" They probably wouldn't have an answer for that. If I ask them, "What is sin? Like a biblical definition of sin," they might not have an answer for that. And it's because we've lacked this catechism culture. And, you know, we're not raising our kids to really know the doctrinal truths of Scripture. And, um, and so we have all these adults that are actually in the situation. And so I want to write a book that simplifies that, maybe, you know, uh, some sort of a catechism of, of, you know, maybe 50, 60 questions that you can ask and learn. And so um, there's this weird thing that's happening right now where you're either a, a churchgoer um, and then the next step is uh, seminary. There's like nothing in between it's like I, I want to read my Bible more
1: there are some churches out there that offer classes and stuff on certain topics or yeah books of the Bible for seasons but,
0: but it's like I want to go deeper but I don't want to go to seminary um you know there's not much in that middle space mm-hmm. and that's where I'm hoping to to put that that uh that book so yeah those are the books that at least that I know right now on my heart and uh hopefully I'll listen Just to this few. ten years from now and go oh look those are already all written now
1: yeah, hopefully that'd be awesome. Um, okay, how do you maintain your spiritual health, and what disciplines are a part of your daily and weekly routine? Lots of people ask that question, yeah, and I'm us- sure you've probably heard us answer this before on the podcast, but we still get that question all the pretty time, pretty frequently.
0: Yeah, so uh, three principles that I take into my daily quiet times: uh, Second Timothy two fifteen, which is be diligent to show yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, uh, first, it's a diligence. Um, make sure that you're you're diligent to do this in your time. Um, you're not just like checking something off. Like you're really trying to study and show yourself approved uh, that you actually reading and understanding what you're reading, um, and that you're diligent about it. And uh, the second thing is uh, the first and. What Jesus says, the first is the greatest commandment. First and greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so there's that third part. I think that a lot of us forget about. And so you have the heart, uh, which I think the culture is really good because that kind of aligns with emotionalism. Like I love God with my heart. Like that's worship music, and that you know that's that's true. And that that's an important part of it. Um, with your soul, and that I would say is just could could be kind of blended in with that. Uh, but also I would say you know has some truth more truth connected to it, but then with your mind, it's it's really the mental um, state of understanding who God is. And so I want to make sure that I understand God intellectually, and that's another part that I'm, I'm not afraid of deep thinking books. I, I, I'm not afraid of studying theology and having deep thoughts about God. And then the last one uh, is from Uh, I think it's first Timothy, but it's the idea of paying attention to the doctrine or paying attention to the public reading of scripture and to the doctrine. Um, And so I don't just want to read the Bible. I don't just want to study the Bible, but I actually want to understand the doctrine. And I meaning that what I would say even is called systematic theologies. I want to actually understand the systems of God's uh, truths that have already been defined for the most part through Church history, um, and so there's already a doctrine on the Trinity. There's already a doctrine on who Christ is. It's called Christology, um, and I want to understand those things, and those are really important. Um, in terms of a practicality of what I do in the morning, I, uh, uh, I guess one thing that's kind of fun is that I, I wake up in the morning, um, I get up with the kids, and I give Veronica about an hour so she can do her quiet time, and. And then and get ready and things like that. But um, I want her to have that time. And then she comes out, and then I go up and do my quiet time, and she takes on for the rest of the day. Um, and so my quiet time usually lasts about 60 minutes. Um, it starts with a variety of different books and tools. Um, I, I first try to start with prayer. It says... Um, Psalm 100, verse 4 says, "Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name." And so, um, I, I start with prayer and th- gratitude and thanking God. Hey Lord, I'm here. I'm living. Um, I bring my my requests, my my gratitude, my my frustrations, the things, my needs to him in that day, and, and my prayer requests for our church, for our family. Um, I, I really want to be a pastor that can say, I pray about our church and I pray for the members in our church and I pray for the unity in our church. That's another priority for me. Um, and I, uh, I, I read a couple books. So one of them is the Valley of vision. It's uh, you can get it in a little leatherback, leather, leather back I guess, leather bound. There you go. Um, version. It's, it's old Puritan prayers. Um, and you know, it's a really great little prayer book because sometimes we don't know how to pray. Or we don't realize how elementary our prayers are until we read prayers of these really mature saints. And you go, wow, this guy's thinking way deeper than I'm thinking. And it helps me grow in my prayer life, um, thinking about those things. Um, um, and I read a lot of Puritan work. And the Puritans are awesome group of people, basically from you know the 1500s to the early 1800s. And um, most of them are Calvinists. You guys know, if you guys listen to my show, I'm not a Calvinist, but uh, I still really appreciate the Puritan work. Um, and I, I read a, a devotional um, that's, one I did last year, it's, it's called, called um, Voices from the Past. And that's a really great resource. It's Puritan, a variety of Puritans, one page every day, a little devotional. Right now, I'm actually doing Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and um, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it as much as... Voices from the past, though. Um, I read a theological book, um, like one chapter. And so, meaning that some sort of Christian book. I was reading a parenting book last week. uh, This week, now I'm reading a book on strategic evangelism. Um, I read um, uh, a sermon a week. And so, I'm I'm a big fan of John Wesley. So, I'm reading one of his 52 sermons um, every week. And then the last thing that I do is I read the Bible. And so I read at least one chapter of the Bible and I really sit there and try to read it, understand it, study it. It might only be a few verses. It might be the entire chapter. Um, And this is outside of my sermon prep time and outside of my seminary work. So this is really, and I get it, you know, it, it sounds like a lot, but you, you know, you read the prayer book. It takes like three, four minutes. You read your devotional, it takes like five minutes. You read your chapter of your book. It takes, you know, 12 minutes. 15 minutes, you know, then you're, you're jumping into, you know, the Bible, you know, you have your prayer time. You can get this done in about an hour, but it just gives me a really robust, um, spiritual time with the Lord. And I'll even sometimes listen to worship music and worship him. And, um, I go to a private place and do this. Um, and so that's, that's my, uh, that's my routine. I do that usually five days a week. Very rare that I do it less than four days a week um, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I try to do it, but, um, it doesn't usually happen.
1: Yeah. Saturdays you're like wrapping up sermon Mm -hmm. stuff and trying to get that.
0: Yeah. I'm already in the word at such an extensive level for, for sermon prep on Friday and Saturday that I usually, you know, we'll move things around and Sunday I'm preaching and resting. Hey, Dale Partridge here. We hope this podcast has been a blessing to your walk with God. For those that don't know, Real Christianity is an audio ministry under our nonprofit relearnchurch.org. I'm telling you this because we're a listener-supported podcast. It takes a small team, a serious amount of equipment, and several hours per week to keep this show going. I share this because Veronica and I want to grow the reach of this show so that it might help even more Christians mature in their understanding of God's Word. So if you're a regular listener to this podcast, would you consider supporting us in this ministry effort? We're not asking for much, maybe $10, $20, or $25 per month. I promise you that your support will help us continue to get God's truth out, to strengthen the body of Christ, and to further the gospel. If you feel led to make a donation, simply go to relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for your consideration.
1: Okay, so as you just shared, you read a lot. Uh, can you share three of your favorite books? I feel like you've already mentioned at least one of them.
0: Yeah. So two of them if you're watching this on video, you can see my little library back here. And this is actually some quite, of it. yeah, some of it, this is quite new. I've actually picked up a lot of these books over the last year or so. And, um, seminary does that, I think to you, you have to read a lot and pastoring does that to you because you have to be able to have the answers for a lot of people's questions. Um, so I read about 25 to 30 books a year. I'm not the guy that can pull off a book a week. I'm the guy that usually pulls off about a book every two weeks. Um, I'm reading like a short book right now. It's 100 pages, and I'll finish that in a week. Um, and so uh, my favorite authors I'm going to start with, and then I'll say some books. Um, so I love A.W. Tozer. Um, A.W. Tozer is probably, yeah, the way he thinks is most similar to me. And so, if you want to understand a lot about who I am and how I think theologically, I would say Tozer's the right person to represent me in that. I've read a a, a good chunk of his work, Um, and I I have a few that I haven't read yet, but I really appreciate his books. The Puritans, as I said, um, you know, anybody in that, you know, um, Thomas Watson is fantastic. Um, Some people would call Charles Spurgeon in that sermon era. Um, uh, This guy from behind me on the quote, you can't see uh, George Swinock. Um, He's he's awesome. Um, And there's just uh, uh, there's so many there that you can um, that you can look at. And uh, so the Puritans, just looking them up. Uh, Doug Wilson has become a new favorite of mine. We actually went and got a chance to spend some time with Doug. Uh, a couple, I don't right know, a month, month ago, month ago a month, now. Month? Yeah. And so I really appreciate it. Doug's written 100 and something books, 104 books maybe. And so I really like his style. Um, and so I'm reading um, some of his stuff. Um, and then John Wesley. And so I'm a big Wesley fan. Um, in terms of the books that I love, The Pursuit of God is probably my favorite book. It's 100 pages. It's A.W. Tozer's, I would say, his crown jewel um, in terms of his work that he's done. And the concept is that true love is basically pursuing God, even though you've already found him. And so the pursuit of God is this, it's for Christians who already found God, but you're still pursuing him. And he, he hits such a variety of topics in that book, but really lays a deep um, heart for, for, for devotion to God. Voices from the Past, which I mentioned before. There's a volume one and volume two, and that's a devotional set. Those are produced by Banner of Truth. And then Doug's, Doug Wilson's uh, Why Children Matter. Um, I just read that, and I added it there, not because I don't have other great books, but um, I really appreciated that book. It was just really good, especially for fathers. And so if you're looking for a children's book, uh, not a children's book, a book on children, and you're a parent, that's a great one. Um... I'm going to close with uh, uh, a quote from Tozer <clears throat> on the topic of reading, and, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Um, he says, Why does today's Christians find the reading of great books always beyond him? Certainly, intellectual powers do not wane from one generation to another. We are as smart as our fathers, and any thought that they could entertain, we can entertain, if we are sufficiently interested to make the effort. The major cause of the decline in the quality of current Christian literature is not intellectual, but spiritual. To enjoy a great religious book requires a degree of consecration, meaning like you've given up your life, uh, consecration to God, and detachment from the world that few modern Christians have. The early Christian fathers, the mystics, the Puritans, are not hard to understand, but they inhabit the highlands where air is crisp and rare field, and none but the God enamored can come there. And so that's the perspective that I have is that you go, a book that's really hard to read, you might be intimidated by it, um, you're capable of reading it, you know, and I think Veronica's been on this journey of like learning her capability you know you've been tackling some harder books li- lately and and you know i would say maybe share your story real quick on just like being intimidated on on learning and and being intimidated on certain books and what you've done kind of breaking through that
1: uh yeah since it's the end of the show i'll just be you know, a very long what could be a very long story i'll make it quick. Um, long story short, I had a terrible education. Um, and because, you know, kindergarten through s- high school, I skipped school. I was um, not skip school, but like went from school to school, different schools, um, always having to start fresh, new friends. I was l- probably a little bit delayed in the way that I learned. I just didn't fit into the typical system. Um, and so it made me hate learning. Mm-hmm. I hated learning. I hated reading. I wanted nothing to do with it. And so I didn't really start reading until pretty much I got pregnant with Aria because I was like, okay, well, um, I'm going to have this baby and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, What is childbirth about? What is raising children about? So that's kind of when I started reading. Um, And I was like, well, there's actually like some really good information out there as I started reading. And then, um, yeah, the more kids I've had and the longer I've been married and things like that, I've just picked up books here and there that I've thought look interesting. Um, and so I've, I've, I read way more now than I ever have. Um, but I still definitely, I wouldn't say like I, you know, read tons and tons of books.
0: But it's, yeah, it's just as she's been able to come up to this higher level of, of education that intimidated her before. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want to read a book just based off of how thick it was or what the cover looked like because I was like, oh, that looks hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: and now that's changed.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I even still, I might be intimidated by a book, but I want to learn Yeah. or I have the, I have the desire to learn now where I didn't before.
0: Amen. Amen. So, um, thanks for joining. Hopefully that was helpful that you guys got a chance to know a little bit about me and my past and, um, next episode that's coming out next week will be on Veronica and we're going to ask her similar questions, but a little bit different. And a few questions that, that weren't asked to me. And, um, So again, thanks for joining this episode, guys, and we will see you next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry. And if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.